Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. A Time to Heal by Hera Girl on AO3. Rating, Teen and Up. This fic is archived by the Spooky Awards Archivist and is part of the Spooky Awards. Chapter 11. No, you can't do that to him. Scully stood before Skinner, outside the pathology lab, her eyes flashing fire. Agent Scully, you know it's procedure, he began. You can't do it, she all but screamed back at him. I won't let anyone cut him up. Skinner grasped her shoulders tightly in his own, turning her to face him. My God, Dana, do you think I want to let them do this? He demanded. But it's agency procedure with an unexplained death. Don't you want to know what killed Mulder? I already know, Scully shouted back, her face masked with rage. Damn it, sir. I've already conducted two autopsies, and I know exactly what they're going to find in there. Nothing different from what we found in the other two. Those bastards that took him tortured him to death, pure and simple. Then the rage left her to be replaced with an overwhelming sadness and despair. Sir, you can stop this she pleaded. He's already been cut and battered and examined enough. Doing it now won't change anything. It won't bring him back. Please, please, sir, after what he went through, can't we let him rest in peace? His heart accepted what she was saying, but his head still reminded him of the usual procedures to be followed in the death of an agent. Dana, I understand, he told her softly. And if it was up to me, Don't give me that crap. It is up to you. Her expression hardened and her voice was once again steely. This is the last thing you can do for Mulder. Don't you think you owe him at least that much, sir? Skinner winced as her words cut like a knife, knowing that meaning was lying behind them. The least he could do, since he failed to protect Mulder, and Scully was right. What was the point of an autopsy? when they all knew that he had been tortured to death. Why allow the coroners and scientists to hack away even more at the pitiful remains? Wordlessly, Skinner turned away from Scully and opened the door to the pathology lab, where, discreetly covered by a gray sheet, the body of Fox Mulder lay on a cold metal table. The coroner and his assistant were just preparing the instrument tray to begin and looked up in surprise as he entered. Mr. Skinner, the coroner began, You can put those things away, Skinner told them. There isn't going to be an autopsy on Agent Mulder. But I thought. The coroner tried to speak again, but Skinner interrupted. You thought wrong. No autopsy. The coroner shrugged and put the instrument tray away, turning to his assistant. Come on, Stan. As the pair turned to leave, the coroner called over his shoulder. I'll sign the papers to have the body released then. We'll return to the morgue until arrangements are made for pickup. As they left the pathology lab, Scully entered and moved quickly to Skinner's side. Thank you, sir, she murmured. Skinner looked at the small, red-haired woman, who in a few moments had gone from a wild, ranging termagant to a quiet, sorrowful Madonna. You are right, Dana, he told her gently. There was no purpose to be served. Scully nodded and then turned away and moved to the metal table. With a shaking hand, she reached out and pulled down the sheet to reveal Fox Mulder's bruised head and shoulders. 
Skinner couldn't help but feel that he was intruding as he watched her reach out and brush a lock of hair from Mulder's forehead, run her hand along his cheek and his chin. Then she raised her hand, first to her mouth, allowing it to touch her own lips, then reached out and laid her fingers across Mulder's mouth. No one will ever hurt you again, Mulder, she whispered through the tears that streamed down her face. You can rest safely now. I promise. Scully turned away then and brushed past Skinner, quickly leaving the room as her grief again engulfed her. Skinner knew he should go after her, but first he had something else to do. And so he approached the metal table and stood looking down at the still stark and tortured face of his fallen agent. I'm so sorry, Mulder, he spoke through a lump in his throat that threatened to choke him. I was supposed to look out for you, to keep you safe. I failed to do that. I betrayed you. I let you down, and I let Dana down. Skinner began to shake with emotions that were stirring inside him. The anger, the grief, and the guilt. Despite all his efforts at control, the tears began to flow, and his voice began to shake. It's all my fault, he moaned, as he sank to his knees beside the metal table. Forgive me, Mulder. Please. Forgive me for letting you down. Chapter 12 Walter, Walter, wake up. The voice that broke through his consciousness was insistent, determined, and feminine. Come on, Walter, wake up. Skinner shook himself awake, sitting bolt upright in bed, breathless and with his chest heaving. Where? What? Then he remembered. Phoenix. The vacation. Monica Reyes. He turned to see her lying beside him, propped up on one elbow. In the moonlight that streamed through the window, he could see the worried look on her face. Walter, are you all right, she asked. Skinner nodded as he regained his breath. I'm fine, Monica, he told her. Fine. Just a nightmare. Are you sure that's all it was? Reyes continued, her concern evident. You were shaking and moaning in your sleep. I'm sure, Monica, he told her. It was just a nightmare. I'm just sorry I woke you. Reyes shook her head at those words. That doesn't matter, she said quietly, as she lay back on the pillow. She extended her arms out to him. Come here, Walter. Skinner accepted the invitation and lay back on the bed in her embrace, his head pillowed on her breast. His tense body began to relax as he felt her gently stroking his shoulders, neck, and head. It's okay, she murmured soothingly. It's okay, Walter. Just relax and try to go back to sleep. The warmth of her body, the feather lightness of her caresses, the sound of her words washing over him, and her heart beating underneath his ear served to soothe and call him and banish the remaining thoughts of his nightmare from his mind. He sighed deeply, closed his eyes, and sank into oblivion. He awoke to the feeling of something tickling his nose and his chin. Opening his eyes, he was greeted with bright sunshine and the sigh of dark hair upon the pillow next to his. Monica Reyes lay close to him, not quite next to him, her back to him. Skinner stretched lazily in the large bed, a smile coming to his face as he remembered the events of the day before and the night. He moved closer to Reyes until he was right next to her and spooned his body along hers, line for line, from her head resting against his chest to her feet pressed against his, slipping his arm over her and around her and circling her waist. 
Holding her like that, he allowed his mind to drift back to what had transpired earlier in the evening, after they had returned from the lounge. Their lovemaking had been long, slow, and leisurely. And again, Reyes had been a generous and giving lover. She was as aggressive as he was in her actions, giving pleasure as easily as she took it. She had played his body like an instrument, finding the caresses that he enjoyed the most, locating the areas of his body that gave the most pleasure, and slowly, tantalizingly, leading him to a deliciously long and intense release, while enjoying the sensations and climax he gave to her. It had been a wonderful, magical night, except for, resolutely, he pushed the nightmare off his mind. He wouldn't think about that right now. Not here. Not with her lying next to him, warm and soft. Skinner felt Reyes begin to move within his arms and lay still, wanting to see what she would do. Reyes gave a deep sigh and seemed almost to stretch. Then she moved her body backwards, closer to Skinner, until she was pressed tightly against him. A single, mmm, escaped her lips as she settled deeper in his embrace. Skinner couldn't help it and gave a chuckle that rumbled through his belly and out his throat, and his arms tightened around Reyes. He felt her move slightly and then heard her sleepy voice. What's so funny? I was just lying here trying not to move to see what you would do, Skinner replied. What do you mean, what I would do? I wondered whether your first move would be to pull away or move closer, Skinner answered. At that, Reyes did pull back lightly, but only enough to turn around so she was facing him, but still in his arms. And did I do what you hoped? She asked with a faint smile. Skinner smiled back, brushing strands of hair from her face. Oh yes, you certainly did. Reyes' smile grew even wider as she reached out and touched Skinner's cheek with her hand. As if you didn't think I'd make a move to get closer, she teased. Well, I didn't really know for sure, Skinner teased back. So, how do you feel this morning? How do I feel? Reyes mused. Hmm, let me think about that. How about safe, comfortable, satisfied? I like the sound of that, Skinner murmured. Reyes raised her arms and wound them around his neck. And let's see, sexy, cherished, and happy. Happy? Skinner asked, pulling her closer. I'm waking up in bed with a wonderful man after having enjoyed hours of passionate lovemaking, Reyes replied, as she drew his head towards hers. How could I not be happy? Only one thing would make me happier. And what would that be, Miss Reyes? Skinner inquired, although he knew very well. This. And her lips met his. Their first kiss of the morning was slow, deep, and wet. Her mouth opened to his, and their kiss became more passionate and demanding. His hands began to explore her body as he felt the desire rise up in him again, caressing her breasts, belly, and more, her own hands weakly busy, seeking and finding, sending shivers of delight through him. Although he wouldn't have believed it possible, during his earlier efforts, Skinner made love to Reyes with even more passion than he had during the night. It seemed to him that it was even more successful, for he was able to prolong his desire longer this morning, bringing her to climax after climax before achieving his own release. When it was over, they both lay spent, wrapped in each other's arms, 
listening to the sounds of their own breathing and the desert birds singing outside their window. Reyes was the first to recover and propped herself up on one elbow, looking down at Skinner with a wicked little smile. You, Walter Skinner, really know how to wake a girl up, she teased. So you enjoyed your wake-up call, Monica, Skinner inquired. Much more than my radio alarm at home, Reyes giggled. Now, what shall we do today, lover? By the time Skinner and Reyes had showered, dressed, and had a quick, light breakfast, it was already going on 11 a.m. They had considered various options, such as a visit to the Grand Canyon and Sedona, but decided it was too late in the day for that. It's really a full day's trip with an early start, the helpful concierge explained. The same with the horseback riding day trip. What I would suggest is that you take the cowboy train ride. That will take you up into the Apache Territory, and you'll have the chance to see quite a bit. It'll take you an hour to drive up to the canyon station, and the train ride itself, it takes about two hours. That sounds perfect, Reyes exclaimed happily. Walter, why don't you get the directions to the canyon station while I bring the car around? When Skinner met her out front, she was seen in the passenger side of her sporty red Mustang convertible. Hey, what's up with this, he asked. I drove yesterday because I knew where we were going, and you didn't, Reyes explained. Today, I don't know any more than you do, and you have the directions. So I'm going to kick back and let you do the driving. Besides, she grinned impishly, I know you're just dying to get behind the wheel of this baby. Skinner grinned back, realizing that she was right. He had longed to drive the powerful red car. Reyes tossed the keys to him, and he caught them deftly with his right hand. Lorraine his tall frame into the low-slung vehicle. He placed the key in the ignition, switched it on, and carefully drove out of the resort compound. Once on the desert freeway, though, he pressed his foot to the accelerator and let the car cut loose. The car handled well, the steering and operating systems responsive to his lightest touch, and the sensations of the car tearing up the freeway, wind blowing all around him, was exhilarating. Woohoo! he heard Reyes exclaim, and turned his head briefly to glance at her. She was wearing her sunglasses, but had removed her hat, and her hair was whipping around her face. Her cheeks were flushed by the wind, and her face wore an excited smile as she turned to Skinner. Whoa there, Walter. You're a regular speed demon. Skinner laughed in pure exhilaration as he turned his attention back to the road. He felt like a kid again, a boy of 17 or 18 when the most important things in the world were a fast car and a pretty girl. A time of innocence and freedom with no cares and no worries. A time before Vietnam, Sharon, the FBI, Mulder and Scully. He had it all right there at that moment. The fast car, the pretty girl, everything the young Walter Skinner could have wanted. And he appreciated it even more now. He knew that of all the memories he might take back from this vacation, this moment would be the one of the most cherished. This moment, when he was zipping through the desert in a rented Mustang convertible with a laughing Monica Reyes at his side. A moment when he had his carefree youth back. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, 
you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.